the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the uh, Mission Podcast. I'm Rob South Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to relive the new generation era to find the best and some of the worst of the rest, wrestling time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 92 to Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 97. Look beyond just the pay-per-views and examine the weekly TV. See what worked, what couldn't have worked, and what failed. JP, congrats on surviving another hurricane. Uh, oh, man. Glad to, hear, glad to hear everything's okay with you and... Uh, Glad to hear you're safe and sound. So, yeah, you know, we were talking before on air, and like I said, it's definitely the most uh, intense one I've ever went through, and we didn't even get like what a little south of us got. So it's just, uh, I don't, I don't know if you're like, you know, you don't, you didn't really grow up, you didn't grow up in Florida, obviously. I know you've been here, but I don't know if you've ever heard of like the Tampa Bay like Indian tribe theory with the hurricanes. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have not. So it's a really big thing in Florida, and I'll, I'll just make this quick. I don't want to bore people with this, but um, I like as a kid, you know, uh, one of my dad's like best friends' wives was uh, Native American, like, and she would always bring up, you know, you know, we live in Tampa, we're always going to be safe from hurricanes. I was like, oh, that's that's dumb, right? Like, that's something that's kind of arrogant <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> you can't really control that. Well, like, the theory is that. The Tampa Bay, uh, Sarasota, Clearwater, St. Pete, Tampa, like the whole little bay region there is protected by like Indian burial grounds, supposedly. Okay. So when Irma came, it was directed straight at Tampa and then took a very hard turn like into Lakeland, Polk County, that kind of thing. Um, which was like, it, they, like meteorologists said they've never seen anything like that before, like a hard turn as it was coming into Tampa. Then this one, uh, what happened to Fort Myers in Naples was supposed to happen to Tampa. Like that's a cat, like a high category four. Like they're already saying it's the second high, uh, most damage done next to Katrina of all time. Like that was supposed to come to Tampa direct shot and then made that hard turn. So, uh, the Tokoboggan tribe, if, if anybody's ever interested and wants to look that up, that's the, the theory behind it. I don't know how far fetched it is, but. Um, definitely living through what we just lived through. I'm, I'm a firm believer now in Big that. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'll take whatever I can get because we got hit with like cat three winds and that, that's enough for me, dude. Like we had trees flying in our yard. Like we have the next morning I'm out there with a freaking chainsaw and going to town because it's just the whole yard was just like we have like 14, 15 trees in our yard and a, a good three of them are no more. So. Definitely, uh, definitely an experience that I don't recommend for anyone, you know. Yeah, well, glad to hear, uh, hear everything safe and sound around you. I know Southern Florida, a little bit more, a lot more oh. worse, but glad to, glad to escape the, yeah, the fury of the hurricane. So, exactly. I won't, we won't, I'm watching Monday Night Football, but we will not talk about the Bears just for, to save everyone the, the complaining yeah. and the, the, the oh, real yeah. depression, the real depression. Right. You like, you like the Bears? 
It's, who I, I don't, I don't know if anybody likes them. Yeah. It's like a bad high school team. I was just no. listening to the sports talk before we jumped on. They're like, this is literally like a a bad high school team that their quarterback gets injured and they start the running back. And it's oh, they just said that on ESPN 1000. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's what I was listening to today. Yep, <laughs> exactly yeah, that's like. Just run the triple option. Just forget yeah. it and run the triple option. Yeah, it's terrible. So. Um, Let's go on. Let's go on a. Let's go on a Macho Man Randy Savage brings way better energy. Exactly. All right. So we're uh, back at it. Uh, building the really the build this this week is going to be the Survivor Series. So uh, we'll have a lot going on. A couple big uh, big items. But uh, we're going to start with the live Raw 1018 Mid, Mid Hudson Civic Center out of Poughkeepsie, New York. So they've been here a lot. Um, hot uh, hot crowd to begin. They start with this historical footage of historical summits in the world. Uh, you know, talking about like the end of World War Two, end of World War One, and then the Crush Macho Man <laughs> Summit. So maybe a little bit out of place of the summit, but really building up this Crush and Macho Man uh, meeting tonight on the live raw. Um, we can start with the Steiners coming out. Uh, of course, my notes say they kill these jobbers. The crowd goes crazy for them. They're loving, loving this this Steiners beatdown. Uh, it's weird because somewhere along the line, Meltzer had said that the centers were suspended in this uh, era, but they like seem like they're around a lot this this show and actually watch the couple next episodes. So I don't know if that's really true, but they, of mm-hmm. course the double team uh, bulldog, which I kind of like more than the Frankensteiner. I think it just makes the Frankensteiner makes me uneasy, but another awesome victory and they're a good team to have come out first to start Raw off. Yeah, I um, like. The Steiners are like Steiners and the Head Shrinkers. Like their squashes are like always must see to me. Like they're just like yep. awesome dudes around. Like they're just they just don't give a shit. And the Steiner Bulldog is like a trademark tag team move for me. Like that was the they when they were in the the Monday Night era, like on Nitro and stuff. That was their finish all the time. So I just I really love seeing that being more um, used more frequently now. So. Yeah, like you said, good open with them, along with the, you know, Savage and Crush thing. I know it's kind of hokey, but I like the seriousness behind the build and that. So, um, also a good start. Um, after that match, they, they're running a vote to see if Sean should be reinstated or not. Um, you know, kind of with this controversy with the Intercontinental title behind the scenes, they're kind of playing it up like he was, you know, suspended and, yep. you know, which, what should they do? Kind of, Make, uh, establish him as more of a heel because, like, you know, there's kind of like one in this poll and Vince is like against him coming back and Lawler's for him coming back. Um, little as Lawler know he'll be coming back to fill his role, but uh, pretty cool, pretty cool aspect of that. Like, you know, if you're gonna have an important guy like that disappear, like, at least you're kind of keeping it in the in the foresight there, but. Um, then they pitched to like Mr. Perfect and Diesel lobbying for and against Sean. Um, it's, it's kind of funny seeing Nash and like his like promos at this time or like just speaking. He still has like Mini Vegas in him as the character a little yep. bit. You know, like you can see that like Italian Andrew Dice Clay inspired kind of, uh, rhythm in his voice still. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm a Diesel fan, so I, I mean, screen time for him is cool. Um, after that, we get a, an IRS squash, um, kind of run-of-the-mill squash from him. I didn't really see anything too great in that match. Um, and then also we get um, Vince hyping the, the Jeff Jarrett vignette later on. So we kind of get like a little like a fast-paced start to this, like a, a mix of things, like with the Sean stuff, with 
Um, Jarrett, kind of a, a new guy coming in. They got the tag team to start off. So nice little start so far to Raw. Yeah, the other thing I had was uh, a couple of notes was the, the perfect diesel. Uh, the network spent the time to say that the phone number was no longer active. So everyone, please do not call in. I was tempted <laughs> yeah. to call in, but it was so right. like, do they really need to put that? Uh, there was also a, a commercial where Yokozuna is Godzilla, which is a classic new generation commercial. Um, yes. which I, which I liked a lot. Uh, you know, probably a bit tasteless given that he's, you know, they're making fun of, I don't know if making fun of Japanese culture, but. Definitely probably uh, bordering on uh, some racism there, but it's a funny commercial and definitely very new gen er era. Mm -hmm. Uh, The IRS match, he was a sweaty, a sweaty mess during the match, as always. Um, It's it's weird that he he was facing Scott Taylor, that he, like, he has to do the abdominal stretch and still has to use the rope. Like, he just can't go, like, his tropes, he, like, can't get away from. He can't, he's, like, fighting this jobber and he still has to use, like, his cheat move. and then I just read that his finishing move is just so weak. It's the flying clothesline. He does make it look good because he kind of flies across the the ring a little bit. Like he just doesn't do like a normal clothesline. But it's such a weak finishing move, and it just gets like he gets. He's a guy that gets a lot of heat, but his like right. finishing gets negative heat. Like it's just silent, and then he pins the guy. So uh, I don't think he'll ever come up with a better ending move. But it's definitely like a terrible, one of the worst finishers of all time. Well, it's like it, you're you're running out of time to do those slow pace offense, like with guys like One Two Three Kid and yeah, Maddie and Steiners. Like, like you're it, it stands out even Owen. more in this area. Yeah, Owen's another one, right? So it's like, yeah, you are a great heel, and I get not wanting to like please the fans with your move set, but you also can't do a move that like everyone else is doing during their matches as you're finished, like. We have another guy that's going to do a move kind of like that soon, uh, who I like, but we'll, we'll get to that. But I don't like the finish of his um, matches that we've seen either. But Okay, I have to figure out who that is. I don't know who that is you're talking about, so I'm intrigued. Diesel. So we get... It, it, yeah. Oh, oh Diesel? Okay. Diesel. All right, Diesel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree on that, too. Um, yep. Uh, agree on that. All right, so we get Tatanka, a couple of squashes in a row. So we get Tatanka, Iron Mark Sharp. Uh, that during this match and the past month, right before Tanaka's match, they're really talking about the crushers coming to the building. You know that um, that Macho is very nervous. He doesn't understand what's going on. It was his old friend. He just he says he's gonna clear things up. Everything's gonna be good. So really, nothing in the squash match is building up to the summit. Um, we got Bam Bam Bigelow out uh, next. Um, uh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't move. Or he tries to fly over the top rope, but he almost doesn't make it. That's my one note on it. Uh, yeah, it's weird they didn't have. It's weird they didn't have Doink come out here. I thought there would have been a really nice touch here to kind of, kind of. We kind of had some heatless matches as far as IRS, Tatanka, even the Steiners. Like the crowd liked it, but they could have really used something to build up the pay per view. So it's kind of a, a nothing match. Bam Bam looked good, mm-hmm. but. I just felt like it was a need for a live match, like to have to t- Doink come out or something. Something in one of these matches. It was just kind of too much, too many squashes for a live Raw uh, coming in for where they got a hot angle at the end of it, but there's just kind of nothing happening in the first 35 minutes of this. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll mention is like during the Tatanka match, Savage does drop Hogan's name. Like I'm talking about friendships, and he, he okay. calls him a backstabber. I miss he it. Calls Hogan a, yeah, he calls him a backstabber too. Like, oh, like, okay. Yeah, so, so that's kind of you don't really see stuff like that. Like I don't. So Hogan, you know, obviously wasn't committed to WCW yet. But I, I wonder if like they had plans for him to come back at some time, or, or like thought they were going to be able to get him, like just arrogantly yeah. assume that you know. 
Well, I, I have that note later. They do a Royal Rumble video game, and they met, Hogan's on the cover, which is okay. You're, right. you're not going to place him. But they actually mention his name. Like, it's really easy to not mention his name. So right. I think another place they mentioned Hogan. I put, I put Hogan in my notes a couple times. So I think if they thought maybe he'd come back or, you know, maybe it would be like a, what, what do you call it, like Bruno, like an ambassador. Right? Yeah. Maybe they thought that, yeah. right? Like something or like, hey, we'll promote your crappy movie if you come out at Raw and, you know, do the – Hand wave. I don't. I don't know if they were expecting him to come back, but uh, they definitely have dropped his name a couple of times. Just kind of weird. Then you mentioned that Macho was kind of thrown out there, like that, kind of ripping mm-hmm. on him. Interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. So and then speaking the of Macho, so yep, we get uh, Crush coming out, and he comes out with Mr. Fuji. So that's kind of a cool touch, like kind of seeing the stable getting built here. Um, and he says, like, when he became Savage's superior, Savage couldn't handle it, which I thought was a was a great line. Um, yep. And also, also have a note here that like Crush's mullet is fantastic in this. Like, oh, all timer. Oh my god! Like, this is like the mullet. Like, this is this one dwarfs all other mullets. Like, this is just phenomenal. Um, Savage calls Mr. Fuji like a parasite, and Crush shakes Savage's hand, and 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 Macho's music plays. So. Um, they kind of walk outside and kind of teasing like they might be, you know, cool with each other. But then Crush attacks Savage on the outside, drops him throat first on the railing, and like Savage sells this phenomenal. This is a, such a great spot. Like, you know, when you're when you're doing something like so simplistic on this to get the angle over the a spot, like dropping him on the railing in this era really fit. Yep, it's and never then, seen. Uh, right? Like, yeah, it's, never, yeah. You, you don't see something like this. You know, like. It, it, it just is so effective, and I think Crush is fitting this heel role awesome. Like, um, Yoko comes out and like they bow to each other, and uh, they show like Savage bleeding from the mouth, and then Yoko Yoko hits the bonsai on Savage, and like they're, they're they're coming out with like reports saying Savage has a lacerated tongue. So like with the effects of hitting the railing and all that, then the bonsai like you're just working over those ribs and everything. Like I thought this pairing with Crush and Yoko and, and Fuji. Like, it really breathes a lot of life into Yoko, like, as being, like, this head of the stable kind of guy, too. Um, even though he's not really a Mike guy, so it's kind of hard to see him as the leader, more of, like, Fuji as a mastermind. Yeah. But, you know, Crush Crush is the key component here, and he just looks so effective as a heel. So I, I really love this turn. Um, this feud feels really personal, even though it's not, you know, even though it's Crush and Savage, like, not two guys you would expect to be, like, this... You know, it's not gonna be like a great in ring feud, but the the level of like hatred feels real. So um, I thought it was really effective. Yeah, this is a great segment. Um, Bobby starts off in the ring. Uh, looks like Macho's about to cry. Like he Macho sold this well too, of like just disbelief mm-hmm. that his friend would get to him. Uh, Fuji, we mentioned Cross comes out with Fuji, so actually it's pretty decent by Fuji. He didn't say anything, I think, but um, the way Crush kind of talks to him about like, hey. You know, Mr. Fuji made me see the lights. Um, you know, Macho had told him not to. Macho told Macho told Crush to fight Yoko, even though he's in, injured. And then I was trying to look what he said, but we actually said on closed captioning, inaudible. So Crush, you know, maybe not the best promo. Uh, and right. talks about, I mean, we start getting into the Master Fuji owns hotels in Hawaii. Uh, I put that this is the best promo of Crush's life. Which I really think it think it is. Um, Bobby is great in this too. Uh, you know, Crush deserves a lot of credit, but Bobby was great. He just kept egging him on, and anytime Crush said something big, he would just kind of grab the bike and say, "Yep, where was the? Where was that?" 
Uh, so it was awesome. When they shook hands, man, the crowd went crazy for the the macho crush handshake. Like, they just loved it. Um, and, and you're exactly right. There was a massive clothesline when Macho's music was playing. He threw him on the barricade. Um, <laughs> you know, one, my last note is that um, Fuji is so slow walking around trying to, trying to egg on uh, egg on crush. But they made it great with Yoko then coming out, so they showed the bondage. So I, I thought this was like an A- Ace type segments. It builds up a new feud. It puts him. I, I, we, I think we both like Crush a lot, but it puts him as a monster heel. Like you could say, like this guy feels like a number one, number or maybe not number one heel, but you know, two, three in the company of heels. By this, he took up you know the Macho Man. So right. you know, it's a big time, big time deal. Um, great, like I said, best promo of Crush's life. Really great segments. Uh, awesome stuff. So, you know, I, I had no complaints or anything about it. Even I thought Fuji was good in it and the way they kind of, uh, you know, put Mr. Fuji into it, I thought was a good touch as well. Yeah. And this is something like I've seen the turn, like I've seen this part of it before, but, and, and thought it was cool, but like seeing the build up to it, it just, it's so effective. Like seeing the phone call, every, everything that went into it, they really played this up well and, um, like you, you know, like the subtlety of Fuji being the one in Crush's ear this whole time, like, you know, getting him to, you know, he says like, you know, Fuji owns the, the homes in Hawaii or whatever, the property in Hawaii. Yep. It's, it's just, it, it fits so perfect. And then you have like the, the Polynesian connection of like Hawaii and Japan playing together that, yep. like, you know, like there's a lot of cross connection there. So it kind of just makes sense totally with that as well. Um, so yeah, I think this, I think this whole segment just is a really home run here that I, I, didn't, I, I knew I would like Crush as a heel. Like I've always thought that, but I didn't think he was going to be this effective, like promo and all. So I just, I really think they hit a home run with that. Definitely, definitely did. Uh, was there anything else on the, the, nope. on Raw? You kind of mentioned they said that he would be out for a while or be, he was right. injured. So that's kind of right. what they went off on. Uh, on his superstars then. So we're, uh, this is 1023 Superstars taped on September 28th. This is at the Worcester Memorial Auditorium. Uh, I actually put, here's my first note about Hogan, um, that the, the pre, the Superstars video has Hogan in there. He's actually the last image in the video, but it's also weird because they also have Borga in there. So it's like, not like the WCW one where it's like rerun for 10 years, right? Like, right. Right. it's like they did edit it, but didn't edit Hogan out. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then, you know, good touch here. Macho Man is not here for superstars. So clearly even taped a month in advance or a month prior, they, they left him out. So I think great, great, great job there of continuity of keeping him, you know, selling his injuries. Uh, good stuff that we get, uh, I'll start it off with a doink match who gets Barry Harwitz. I, I still think this is Matt Bourne in my eyes. Uh, yeah, he, still makes the weird, like he looks like it. He's making the awesome faces. Uh, he does the whoopee cushion as well. So I just think like everything he kind of did made it seem like it. Um, yeah. so I'm, I've been, you know, I, I think I've been that so far I've liked face doink. I think it's cause it's Matt Bourne cause he's kind of playing a tweener role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vince, man, he's just, he's just, it's so annoying this match, just laughing up about four doinks and what is it going to be like? And this is going to be the craziest thing ever. Uh, it made me hate doink that moment once Vince started laugh, do his fake <laughs> laugh. I just couldn't right. do it anymore. Right. So, uh, that was our first match. And then I'll just do the next thing. They have the, the update with Gorilla Monsoon 
they have in my notes they have the Ford Fanatic interview and I I just put this looks like an awesome crew like they just got a, a swagger to them they got Cornette kind of their mouthpiece um, really like this team uh, and then we also get uh, that they're gonna have Brett Brett, Brett Harper's Lawler at Survivor Series and that um, and then uh, that Roy Roy Combs is gonna be there for the big family feud so really setting up uh, this. The Survivor Series. So we last time we were saying they didn't have much. This is really turning into okay. Here's all the stuff happening for Survivor Series, and these are big feuds. They're going to have a lot going on. So uh, right. good update from Gorilla. I don't know if you have anything else to add. No. I uh, so next we do have uh, Bash and Booger versus Jobber in a quick little splash match. It's kind of weird that like he goes outside in every match. Like I started to notice, like he goes outside the ring. Um, like they're just trying to make him more and more disgusting too, and like like. Before he does his little butt splash, the camera kind of zooms in. So, I mean, good good for him to like go along with this gimmick. Like he's you know he's he's bought in. He's not like like poo pooing it or whatever. He's he's actually going all in with it. So I'll give him credit for that. But I mean, it, it's this Bastion Booger is kind of dead to me now. Like it, it's kind of time to to end this. But um, as far as fire yeah, he- goes, I guess okay, you know. Yeah, he doesn't even get an entrance, which is just so weird. Like he just they just start in the ring and then he eats he's eating food pre and post match. It's just all over his face. He's disgusting. So he he's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, speaking of terrible, we have a face to face with the smoking guns and the Quebecers. And uh like the guns are obviously very nervous on the mic. Like Yeah. They're like I, this is the you know, they're going like they're they're throwing them out to the fire, so they're kind of you know got to get their their feet wet somehow. But like Polo is someone that he just eats them up. Like he's calling them like a, a Marble Man ad, and Billy's just like too smiley when he's when he's doing it. Like he like Polo's dissing them and everything, and they're just like smiling right through it. It's, it's just like come on, bro, you're just gonna take that. Like you know you gotta have a little bit of fire into you. And I just I just wrote that they're not ready for promos, and the Quebecers are like all into their character, their hype with yeah. them and them and Polo are just such a perfect fit that like even if you're a fan of the smoking guns, like the baby faces, like how can you watch that and be like, you know, they didn't just get out class there. So um Yeah, and Polo Yeah, Polo gives great direction. Right? Like if they kinda go off kilter a little bit the Quebecers, he like just settles it down. So I re- really like them. Yeah, and then uh, I'll just take the next one real quick. Yeah, why don't you, you get a IRS versus Jobber. So, um, this is one thing I like about IRS is like his mic work of yep being a boring hero. Like he comes out and kind of like just shits on the announcer when they're trying to talk. Um, he, he you know the match wasn't really anything. It's a quick squash, but the character work behind it is what I like. And this is like always been my beef with like someone like Adam Bomb or. Some of the other guys are just kind of boring. Like, if you're going to have a simple squash jobber match, come out and do something like this that plays to your character, at least. Like, that little thing is, is memorable. Like, you you know, you're on you're on the TV for three minutes, four minutes. Like, are you going to remember when Adam Bomb does that, you know, clothesline every time and doesn't really yeah. do anything different? Or, you know, you remember when IRS cut the announcer off and starts shit talking about the mic? Like, to me, it's just a little better. And... And I also think he's a little bit better on his own without DiBiase because DiBiase is, you know, his days were over as a wrestler anyways, but he still overshadowed him, like, with his presence. So I think it's kind of cool just to see him by himself. Um, like I said, nothing really to the match, but just a cool little 
piece of character work there. Yeah, I, I, that was my first note. Is they cut off Bill Dodd. It's pretty awesome. Uh, entrance, and he gets a ton of heats. Um, then we have a... Uh, next, we have Ricky Morton, uh, Gibson fighting real quick. Uh, it was a pretty planned match. And then Diesel uh, makes his debut. Uh, I put note that it's silent for him. Like, mm-hmm. weird, it's just silent for him. There, It's just... No one cares about this guy. Like, I think that's where I've had trouble with him. Right. Is that when he became world champion, I'm like, wait, this guy's, like, supposed to be a superstar? Like, I just, I didn't watch as much in 94, and so I just, like, mm-hmm. how does this guy climb the ladder? Like, he's terrible. And uh, nothing matched, but just the crowd did nothing for him. So even though he had, like, a great uh, lead with Shawn Michaels, it's, like, a, one of the biggest hated heels, like, he's, like, he never transferred to him. So yeah. kind of nothing matched. I think you maybe have something to add there or no? Yeah, so, so like, he comes out with, like, the truck music. Like, it's not his cool diesel. It's not his, like, uh, almost Roseanne-themed music when you hear yep. it later on in, like, 95. But it's, like, just the truck sounds, which I, I, I hate that music. Um, and he's also wearing, like, some Zubaz-inspired gear, which is kind of weird to see him in. But he wins with a punch, right? Like, that's his finish. Like, like, look, I get there. They, they hype it up on commentary. He's, you know, one of the best punches in the business. He's one of the most feared guys, whatever. But as a finish, that's just really lame for a guy yep. that's almost that seven feet tall. Yeah, you can do so many things with him. Um, you know, so many impactful moves. Like, he's going to steal somebody's finisher in a few months, which I don't know if you listen to Kevin Nash's podcast at all, but he's gold on that. And he talks about the story of, um, like the whole heat with Adam Baum and the click. Like, Adam Baum was on his way to being a bigger star, but Vince gave the power bomb to Diesel and okay. took it away from Adam Baum. So he told Adam Baum, like, like one day, I guess he just showed up and told Adam Baum, you can't use the power bomb anymore. And he's like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, so I guess, like, um, Adam Baum thought that Nash was the guy behind that, but. You know, so I guess it just caused beef between them, but, but, you know, you're not going to win against the, the click in those days. Yep. So. Yep. You're done um, for. <laughs> right. So, like, maybe, maybe, uh, Adam Baum starts doing a punch later. I don't remember what he starts doing, but, uh, this, I hope this punch does not last long because it's, it's pretty dumb. And, like, they don't play up the glove. Like, at least play up that he's wearing a glove and, like, that's right. Something could be in there. Yeah. Right. Like, they don't, they don't do that. So it's just really lame. Um, and I, like I said, I'm a Diesel fan, but he's, he's just not really, like, to be as big as he is, like, they're not playing that up. They're not doing any of that right now. They're just kind of, you know, he, he's almost too charismatic for his own good because he's not, like, a, a giant, like, as far as, like, presentation goes, even though he is. Um, but yeah, that, um, like, nothing, nothing really to write home yet. Um, then on the, uh, uh, next we get a, a Razor squash. So he's just fighting a jobber, and then you know during the match, uh, Adam Bomb, IRS, Diesel, and Martel come out, which was pretty cool. And then uh, like building up the Survivor Series match with the, with uh, you know the opponents of that match, and then Marty, uh, Kid, and Perfect come out for the save. So this is one thing I always love about Survivor Series is these like uh, random matches that they have of you know. Like the like the mix up characters that kind of like create a little feud between the guys that come out and you know the inset promos of the the random mix of guys that you don't normally see together. So um, 
another another like you know differentiated squash here instead of just run of the mill. So I thought this was a pretty cool ending to it. Yeah, I, I was sorry. I was going to add before that they had a Survivor Series uh, preview. And they announced two matches as well. So they announced the and maybe they've announced these before, but they announced the Bam Bam. Bam Bam Booger Head Shrinkers versus the Four Doinks. And my note just kind of says there's just no feud here. So it's just random to kind of have that match kind of announced. Uh, and they do announce, and maybe they have announced this before, but the Razor Perfect 123 Marty, 1-2-3 Marty Jenny versus IRS, uh, the model Diesel and Anna Bomb. So it's like perfect timing, right? Right before the big, you know, match where they all kind of get involved. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of announced the match. Again, maybe they've announced it before, so I couldn't remember, but I, th- I thought it was just perfect timing. Uh, the Survivor Series intro is also weird. They do like this construction thing, and it, my notes just say it's like they got CGI and just wanted to use it somehow. It just <laughs> right, no matter what right. we do, it's like we got this cool ball rolling around. We're just gonna do it. So it makes no sense compared to every other Survivor Series uh, intro and like theme of it. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, but standard match for Razor, but it was awesome having them all come out. And like you said, that's the cool part about Survivor Series. I actually, in one in a couple of weeks, they do a similar thing on this in a different match, and the crowd heat's just crazy for it. So, like, it's an easy way to get cheap heat, and, like, nobody's fighting, so no one can get injured. Right. Right? It's, like, the right. easiest, most basic, you know, thing to get heat, and the crowd loves it, so. And, uh, and how many times, how many times in this era, like, especially on a superstar, do you see this many, like, big-time guys in the ring at once, right. you know? So. Rarely, never, yeah. It was, the crowd didn't lose their mind for it, so awesome be like hey i got to see razor mash and then all these guys came out so cool stuff um anything else in superstars no we got we just finished with the face-to-face between the heavenly bodies and the rock and roll express um cornette like like slams fowler i i can't stand fowler so this really popped me when he says like he's he's a, a, like fowler mentioned something about him being amused and cornette says i'm amused you still have a job so it's like, <laughs> and Fowler really didn't know how to how to um, respond to that. Oh, he's not good. You kind of like it's it kind of sucks seeing the Rock and Roll Express here, period. Because like you go from like this upbeat cornet to to um, Robert Gibson, who is so trash on the mic, like he's so downtrodden and like his voice is kind of raspy. So it's like it just kills the whole segment. Luckily, Morton saved a little bit, but Cornette is on fire and he's just you know. Um, destroys them on the mic. So it was pretty cool from the body side. The Rock and Roll Express kind of bland right now. Um, you know, I respect them as a tag team. Like they're awesome in the eighties, but they just don't, they don't fit right now. No, it's this feud doesn't make, I mean, Cornette's good and the heavily bodies. We love our gigolo, but this right. feud just has nothing to it. And it's just such a random, um, a random setting for it. So. Right. Uh, we'll move back on to the Raw. So this is <laughs> taped on the back half of that uh, Superstars, or sorry, on the the last Raw. So this is uh, October 25th from the October t- 18th taping. Uh, so we start with Crush coming out with his new gear. Uh, so if he has a bash right away, the crowd, you know, kind of nice timing of them, like have the incident happen, and, the, and then he's just getting massive heat when he comes out with Fuji. So probably a good timing of like, hey, have this um, – match right after you just beat up Macho Man, so great timing. Uh, Nothing too there, except the only only thing is Crush still has his head vice, which just seems like a little bit uh, such a weak finisher. Mm -hmm. If he could come up with something better. um, There were a lot of Macho chants during the middle of that that match, too. 
so I think people thought Bachelor's would come back, but they kind of sold it with last time, like, Bachelor's going to be out. It's obviously not a commentary, so sets it up pretty well that, like, doesn't feel like it's taped if you're, you know, watching it. Like, you wouldn't know, so mm-hmm. uh, stuff there. Okay, yeah, I, I um, put in my notes the same thing with the cranium crunch. Like, I, he should ditch that as a finish, being a heel now. Like, I, I think he needs something that's a little more impactful power move wise and not some like slow submission like that um so yeah and then he also has some cool face paint now too um oh, yeah. to go along and with different outfits look, so. no more uh, yeah. no more orange no right more orange crush. The purple silver kind of look like the black so he, he, he this was a really good look for him i think like it's a crush has been somebody this whole time that we've we've done the the podcast i've liked him this whole time yep. like me his too. face run was awesome, and now I'm liking his heel turn. And I would have never told you that Crush was somebody I liked, especially as a face. I would have never thought that. So um, kudos to him for kind of, you know, going with the change as it was needed and pulling it off effectively so far. All right, I feel like the next match is all you. Yeah, so we uh, start with some comments from Johnny Polo on the Marty Jannetty versus one, two, three kid match pretty much calling him sissies that he could beat both of them. Um, I love Johnny Polo. Like anytime he's on there, he, he just, his little, like just him as a character, especially knowing like Raven later on, it's just so cool to, to see the dichotomy between the two and how he's just like a little smart ass. Um, but and as he mentions, this match is one, two, three kid versus Marty Jannetty. Which is kind of weird to see this like face face match, and they're on the like they're gonna be on the same team in Survivor Series. So yep, uh, this was a weird pairing, but I'm glad they did it. So like, um, you know, starting off, they start off kind of trading holds and kind of like a, a little slow start to it, is it with a build up, um, and then leads to like a, a double kip up spot, which is pretty cool. Like you don't really see that, um, in this current like in this era of wrestling, which is cool, um. And then uh, Kid goes to leapfrog Marty, and he kind of catches him into a powerbomb, which I thought was an awesome spot, like, you know, showing, like, how small Kid is. Like, like even someone like Marty can kind of manhandle him. And then uh, during the match, Polo comes down to ringside and trips Marty. So it kind of, like, looks like he's, like, playing favoritism to Kid, but then he also trips the 1-2-3 Kid. And uh, that leads to 1-2-3 Kid pulling Marty into the ref on accident and, once he does that, he misses a dive to the outside because Polo shoved Marty into the post in such an awesome spot. Like, yep. he's killing two birds in one stone. Like, he's, you know, throwing Marty into the post, but then the kids also misses the dive, and, you know, he's shown to be, like, this reckless high flyer, so it makes perfect sense with that, um, which leads to a double count out, and I was not mad at this finish at all. It's a it's a double babyface match. The The spot that led to the finish was awesome. Um, the match is a good, fast-paced match between the two, so um, you know, really like that. But I just thought that you know, it was it was very fun, like it was a fun match, but it didn't hurt either guy with the, with the way the countout went. And then um, after the end, Marty dragged Polo into the ring, and he and Kid beat John, Johnny Polo down, which is a good spot too. So um, pretty good match from you know, we, we we've been running a little stretch of squash matches and more of character building, and then this kind of was a good. Uh, back to the norm of your of your good matches that you would see on Raw. So, yeah, I, I mean, I had a lot of the same thing. Feels like a random match, really weird match, really weird ending. Like the double countout, I, I like it's like weird. Like I guess they were trying to play like as Polo, one of the guys' managers, but they did nothing to set it up. 
right. right? So it's just like random. Um, probably two guys that can go out there and have a good match. So the crowd was into it, but I also felt like there might have been crowd sweetening in there. Like I heard a lot of like noise. So either everyone in the crowd was talking or it was just like crowd sweeting because like it just was too random on my list. And so I don't know. It was nothing. I thought it could have been way better. Uh, I think it was fun with the polo stuff in there. It just didn't make sense for what we've seen. Right. right. It's just like kind of like it's more like, well, this is random. I actually didn't know where it was going to go. And I actually don't re- like I love this era. I love this leading up to this pay-per-view. I'm like, I don't remember anything coming after this. So maybe there is more to this than we'll see. But if it's not, it's one of the most random angles or matches we've seen to date. Yeah, it, it, like a, it was just very random. You don't get very much babyface versus babyface. And I don't know. It, just, it was just kind of like you could have thrown Kid versus Pierre right here or, or something and done kind of the same thing um, with the match. I just don't see the need to throw him against Marty. But – if you think of what's going to happen down the line in a couple months, it right. does make sense. You know, yeah. Like what in January, what happens? Like it does make a lot of sense. So if if that is if that does stay um, congruent, like it does stay linear, like with with the story, then that's awesome. Like I, and I kind of hope that does happen. I don't remember, so um, that'll be cool to see play out. Yeah. Then we get uh, a couple quick squashes. We got Lu- well, Ludwig Borg with a squash. But it's really the aftermath that he gets in the ring and talks about he has a match this weekend with uh, Tataka, and that he's going to be the one to end the undefeated streak, and he's the only undefeated man in the WWF. So awesome. Love Borga at this moment. He's great. And then Men on the Mission come out. Uh, Bobby keeps talking about how they could be tag team champions this weekend, so I was kind of confused, like, especially after watching Superstars. I just put that note. It's like, do they have a title match somewhere? Like, they're, I just missed something of what they were talking about. Um, but big pop for men on the mission. Like they're definitely over. They're definitely a team that probably should be used more. Um, that like should have more of a run here, uh, and probably deserve like a tag team title for Nash versus the Quebecers. Like I think that'd be fun, but right. uh, standard squash and definitely get both of these teams are over for the right reason or both these, uh, acts are over the right reason. Like men on the mission is massively over. And then Lou Vick's definitely getting a ton of heat, but also some like smarky fan pops cause he's, just so confident in uh, shitting on America and Tatanka. Mm-hmm. And then we also, in that, we also get a, a double J vignette, like at Buddy Lee Enterprises or whatever the studio is, saying he can't catch a break. Um, I'm loving that with double J. Like, I love this yep. era of Jeff Jarrett. Like, the character's awesome. Um, he believes it. Yeah, right. And I, I think, like, you know, him being in the, in the spotlight these days, like, so a lot of the Jeff Jarrett love is kind of like ironic a little, a little bit, but um, when you go back and watch this stuff, it it is pretty fun. So um, it definitely holds up as far as like character work goes, even though he's kind of nervous on the mic sometimes. You can tell too, like trying to overplay the character, but it it, it works for me. Um, also, this is the last match here. Uh, we get. Oh, sorry to get you <laughs> your boy again. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets a, another squash. Um, they're playing up this right hand on commentary, which is so corny. I, I just don't like this at all. Um, he wins with a punch again. There was some sloppy stuff in this match, but I also thought you saw a little bit of the potential as far as like him being charismatic goes. Um, and you know, like you don't see anything like world title. You don't see that. Like I don't think no. he gets that much better in the ring. Like once he starts working, Brett Razor and those kind of guys, like yeah, it, it raises a little bit. But 
right here, I think just with the charisma and, and you know, the character work, you see a little bit of potential. Definitely not in the ring yet, though. Yeah, my notes is like he looks impressive, but the crowd just does not care at all. Like, no, they don't. Guy, this is a guy that no one cares about. Um, and so he kind of looks big and tall and, and huge, but it's just, they've gotten no heat from him. And again, it's, as I was just talking, it's like, he was with Shawn Michaels, like, he should be one of the most hated guys, and he's just not. All right. So, uh, nothing to add there. I think that was it. Yes, uh, it was. Trying, yeah, there was another Survivor Series report, but I didn't have any new matches, so I think they must have just recapped the ones they did before. Right. Good stuff. All right, should we move to some plugs, uh, and then we'll get to the last superstars, the uh, big superstars coming up? Yeah, so, um, you know, look, you know, being without power, like, for a few days on and off, and, like, just realizing, like, the when you just need something to distract you for a while, like, we have so much content on here, like, um, you know, it'll get you through a hurricane. I don't want to say it like that, but like <laughs> it, it'll, it'll, it definitely like you, you appreciate it more. Like you just, um, like, you know, most podcasts are one show a week, like for the whole, whatever you subscribe to, we have something every day, like every single day. And it's not just, um, it's not current day stuff. Like every single day, it's once, uh, every Friday you have something current, but then you can also, um, go back to like ECW. You can go back to the Monday Night Wars. You can, um, you can, you can just, you know, there's so many different things. Ruthless Aggression Era, like, like specific wrestlers with Aaron. Like, there's just a ton of stuff, and I, I really appreciate like all the work that everybody puts in because when you are in a situation like that, when it's like hyper focused on, okay, what what can I do to pass the time and not like stress my fucking brains out right now because there's like 100 mile an hour winds outside. Uh, you, you know, you appreciate it more. So I really do appreciate that. And then I also want to give a shout out to like you, uh, JT, Jenny, Scott, uh, Schiff, a couple other people like, you know, that they just kept in touch and kind of was like, you know, checking on me and like, Hey, you know, uh, what's going on? Just want to hear from you, that kind of thing. Like that stuff goes a long way within our community. So I'm, I'm really, you know, um, thankful for those kind of people that just kind of checked in too so just want to give a shout out to that too it doesn't go unnoticed you know awesome yeah again scary stuff but glad you were through it like you mentioned tons of great contents um on the north south connection uh jenny as always and i wanted to give aaron aaron a shout out i you know i was shitting on diesel a while back aaron said he didn't (laughs) like me anymore i listened to his wrestler that was uh on diesel I, i listened to it this weekend uh, I thought it was a fair one, right? He gave him a lot of props. He should have a lot for his stuff for uh, Triple H, which deserves it. But I thought right. it was a fair assessment of his uh, entire uh, multiple runs of WWE. So it was a great episode. Uh, that's an awesome show where, you know, there's not many one-man shows that sound good. And Aaron it does a great job. Uh, the year that I was, love it. Right. And now, and now the uh, yeah, wrestler that was. So uh, I think he, I think the wrestler that was fits his, um, I've said it before, like, his acting background even more because he delves into, like, the psychology of wrestling. And, like, like he'll even talk about your, like, promos and how they're delivered. And, you know, a person doesn't talk like that. It would be like this. Like, those little things, you don't – Conrad isn't doing shit like that. Like, you know, like, right. like, people just aren't delving that far into it. And I think he, you know, deserves, like, a really high praise, which, you know, you obviously gave him there on that. So – um, definitely, you know, give that show a listen if you haven't, because 
you won't regret it. And you'll also learn a lot. You'll learn a lot about, you know, the specific wrestler that he's talking about. So, yeah, I, like I said, I forgot most of his 2011 run, which is probably for the best after the run right. appearance. So, Definitely. but, you know, great stuff. And he's got, <laughs> that was one couple months back, but he's been, Dropped Trish Stannis, uh the other day too, so he's got all di- all different wrestlers he's going through. So any era he's going to have, and then uh, there's also you know, like two other you know uh, channels, the Pop Experience, and then the yep. original place to be uh, with those great shows as well. So plugs for all those. Listen, rate, and review. I uh, appreciate all the feedback. And I, now we're on to one of the biggest superstars we're ever going to have. I feel like uh, so this is the 10:30 Halloween weekend taped uh, 9:28. Um, so big superstars coming up talking about the Tatanka and, uh, Borga match. And they're also going to recap the, you know, crush, macho crush summit again. Uh, it's Halloween weekend. So King is dressed as macho man, which was awesome. I thought a really good touch there kind of mocking him while he's still out. They showed highlights again of the crush summits. Uh, so really playing in that up. Um, and then we get the smoking guns, uh, to, to start off. Um, they actually didn't have their guns or maybe I missed it. Um, but I think that added a lot to their, their appearance. So I'm kind of disappointed mm-hmm. that they're fighting the executioners are kind of nobody's, uh, but standard squash, uh, for them to kind of start off this, uh, superstar. So an okay team. I think there's better teams that could have come out to start this off. I know everything's kind of tape, but I was going to have right. someone come out and wouldn't have the smoking guns, like, especially without their guns. Like, I felt like they yeah. really got the crowd, like, fired up for them. And this was kind of a no nothing match. If anything to add. No, I, I just love the Waller touch of dressing up as Savage. I think that was so awesome. Like, it, it's just hilarious to look at. Like, that's something you can watch with the sound off and still laugh at. He just looks funny in that. And yeah, nothing really out about the smoking guns match. There wasn't really nothing to write home about that. But um, not the most inspiring start. But no. um, after that, we get words from uh, Steiners and Luger. That which you know, talking about the Survivor team. I like I've said before, I always love when they kind of put these random guys together, like, you know, it reminds me of, like, Ultimate Warrior when he was with the Road Warriors and Kerry Von Erich and just, like, these random guys together that they're just, their purpose is to win this one match. So it's just cool to see, like, you know, people cross paths you might not normally see. So um, pretty cool little backstage segment with them. And then we get uh, Bam Bam versus Jobber, like, on his way out, Doink shows up on the screen, which is which is a nice little touch to kind of keep you focused on their feud and like Luna's even like looking all around for them when they're going out but this ended up being like a very quick squash this was a really quick match here um kind of just meant to keep this feud going in, in your mind I guess um yeah but the, the match was really nothing there and then um after that we get a face-to-face with Diesel and Perfect um <laughs> this was kind of weird because like uh they're both like the, the kind of like smart ass you know like Perfect's like a smart-ass face, and Diesel plays that role kind of as a heel as well on the mic. And, like, he even tells, like, Perfect, like, you know, he's like, oh, you say I'm a piece of meat. Well, I'm a, I'm a piece of meat that you're going to choke on. So it was kind of like a weird, you know, um, inside joke, I guess, kind of between those two. But it was, I was like, okay, well, that was kind of weird of you to say on TV. But, um, yeah, I'm not feeling this feud. Like, Diesel and Perfect doesn't really fit. Like, they're just transferring Perfect, you know, off of Sean to Diesel and just. Right. I don't, I don't really like this matchup between these two because Perfect shouldn't be working these, like, big giant guys at this point in his career. This doesn't, doesn't really fit for me, but I don't know if you had anything to add to that. 
No, nothing. The other thing I I disliked, or maybe I liked a little bit, but um, they had the, in the update segment. They had the Steiners of Luger, and they kept talking about how they had Tonka's back, like they wouldn't let anything happen to him. So it kind mm-hmm. of makes them like going into the match. It kind of makes them sound like liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like I liked it, like the idea of it. But then what actually happens in the match? It's like, well, they really right. do. So yeah, you uh, yeah, I kind of thought that was that was uh, weird. Uh, I like the Bam Bam again. I think it's again still Matt Bourne there. I think he's funny. I think he does the faces really well. So again, I'm not hating him at this. The Bam Bam, and then we got uh, two quick tag match. Uh, we got the Steiner brothers. Uh, and then the Heavenly Bodies, uh, pretty much nothing, but really talk up their, their big match. Steiner Brothers talk about the Quebecers, and the Heavenly Bodies talking about the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, so good job building, like, you know, good showcases to show teams and kind of build mm-hmm. off their feuds, but kind of nothing squashes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't have anything to add there. Uh, let nope. me see if I have anything else notes before the big match. Uh, where did I, I had one more notes. Give me one second, sorry. I lost. Uh, and then they had another Survivor Series Survivor Series preview, uh, just kind of laying out all the matches. So we've had, we have four matches announced, and then they, they did the standard for the Heavenly Bodies talked about how it's Survivor Series. Uh, these guys could be facing. So I don't know if it's official yet, uh, if they announced it here, or if it's the, I watched the next section, section of items. They definitely announced that match. So I just can't remember if it's here as official. But they definitely talk about it during the match. So right. kind of like get our cards set up uh, for Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, you went to the, the Tataka match or want me to get it? Yeah, well, I'll take it. So okay. we get the uh, Ludwig Borger versus Tataka match. Now, was this was this previewed on the last episode of Super, Superstars? I don't remember. Was this like hyped up at all it, beforehand? Very quick, but then they had for Raw... They mentioned it at the end, you know, how they do, like, the little, like, what's coming up next. They mentioned it. Ah, uh, okay. On, on Raw, they had, like, the little promo package, and they had Borga come out, uh, you know, and say he was going to beat up, uh, uh, beat Tataka. So, like, I think it was partially done, but not, it, it kind of came out, a few that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it right. wasn't like, anything really built up. Remember, they they walked into each other at the backstage a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of it. Like, that was the setup for this match, so. Really, not much to it, but yeah. So it's it's kind of out of nowhere and pretty cool at the same time because it kind of fits the feud of Borga and Tatanka's kind of defending America, whatever. But um, they do mention it's like the battle of the unbeaten's here with with Borga and Tatanka. Um, you get a good little back and forth early between the two. Like uh, you know, Tatanka does show some fire here, and Borga is a really good heel. So I, I really like the start in this match. Um, Fuji then comes out to start to support Borga, so like, you know, you can kind of see him collecting like the foreign guys and the, the yep. guys that are like anti-America. So, cool little, not necessarily stable because it's a Survivor Series match, but you can see something brewing there, like you know, it could form into that. Um, then out of nowhere, like Tatanka hits Borga with this huge back suplex, and Borga just like no sells it, pops up and clotheslines the shit out of Tatanka. This is something I don't really remember seeing too much of in this area either. Like, guys just straight no-selling, like, a, a back suplex like that, unless you're, like, you know, Road Warrior Hawk or something with a pile driver. But um, pretty cool spot there. So it kind of got me like to sit up a little bit. Um, and then all of a sudden they're kind of, like, you know, brawling on the outside, and Borga hits the taco with a chair while Fuji has the ref distracted, which, again, Fuji doing everything. Fuji just right. can't stop him. Right. He's he just, you know, he's out of control. So... 
it was it's kind of crazy to see the chair shot too. Uh, you don't see that too much. So it's a brutal one too. Right? Yeah, he's like stiffs the shit out of him. So, um, cool way like he, he like he rolls Tatanka in the ring. He covers him with one finger, which made me believe like it wasn't a finish. Um, and he broke the streak of Tatanka on a superstar. So, like it's not Monday Night Raw. It's not a pay per view. It's on superstars. So. They must have been getting like good enough eyeballs on the, on this show at this time, like enough to to do something like this on here. Um, I don't know how you feel about the booking of this match, but I feel like it was kind of weird to end Tatanka here, but also puts a ton of fuel on Borga, like like you know leading into his major feud with Luger and kind of things like that. He just beat this undefeated guy, and, and the way he did it, like. I don't know. I'm kind of for it because I'm really behind Borga as a heel right now, but then I also kind of like, I don't know if they're just like cooling off on Tatanka or like to sacrifice him like that. It was just kind of weird. Um, you know, and then this post match, Yoko comes out and they focus on Tatanka's ribs. So like they, they pull him and they roll him to the side kind of and hit Yoko hits the bonsai to his ribs. So like, you know, as you were mentioning with Lex and, the Steiners having his back. They uh, definitely didn't have his back and let him get bombsied straight on his ribs. So um, I thought it was a nice touch to do it like that, though, not like, like a regular bonsai on him, like to do it focus on the ribs. I thought that was pretty cool. But then, you know, finally they show Luger fighting off the Quebecers backstage to uh, make the save, but it's a little too late. And Tatanka's like screaming in pain, which is, was also a nice touch. So this was very well done, this match. Um, the booking of it, like I don't know if you, like I said, if you – Agree or not, like I'm kind of torn because I I really like both guys, um, the direction they're going. But like if you're gonna you know go all, all in on Borga, it's kind of a this is a good you know um, uh, helmet sticker for him. It's it, it, a football term. It, it's a good little helmet sticker for him going forward. Yeah. So one thing about Borga is he mostly does punches. So the matches he's not the best wrestler in ring. Right. Uh, but they're they're rocket shipping rocket shipping ship on him. Uh, the King keeps saying to the match, which I kind of like, that Tataka keeps looking for Luger. Um, and then Borga does get Tataka up for a big suplex. Tataka's a pretty heavy guy. He almost loses him, but he keeps him up there and does it good enough. So Borga has some offense, but mm-hmm. a lot of punches. Uh, you know, my note first says Fuji comes out and does nothing but wave the flag, but he does do a good job of distracting Danny Davis. And uh, Borga, like I said, massive chair shot, really stiff. Tataka. Borga then yells at a kid, and I literally thought he was going to fight him. Like, their the interaction is just way too close to this kid. So I don't know if it's a plant or literally Borga right. was about to go all out on it. Uh, but he gets – he could have the count out, but he stops the count. And actually, that rolls him into the ring. Like you said, the one pinky, one, two, three. The crowd is just, like, in stunned. I remember as a little kid being like, I can't believe Tataka lost this way. Like, I was just crushed. There were people clapping for him. So, like, I kind of mentioned, like – the Sparky fans definitely like Borga. He definitely is like a badass, so um, really kind of like that. Uh, then you did an awesome job. They, they got Yoko coming out. They show the footage of Luger being stopped by the Quebecers. Just all-around awesome segments. Uh, they All-around awesome segments. Uh, very memorable. Definitely builds up like some heat on the the, the you know main events of the the Survivor Series like they kind of ha- they kind of show they had heat right like Luger and mm-hmm. Yoko Siders and Quebecers but this is like the you know game changing on that match uh, they're taking each other out they're all working as a team like this is an awesome segment really really well done 
and, and kind of crazy. And like I said, when I was a kid, like I was just I couldn't believe this happened. Like I was a big Tatanka guy, thought he was like the best, thought he was future world champion, and kind of have him lose to Borga like puts Borga on a different level. Uh, this might also be the high point of Borga's career, but we'll see from from here. But right. I thought an awesome segment overall. Well, it's also like like I feel like, and I don't remember the show because I've, I've only seen it like one or two times in my life. But this Survivor Series is, I think, is the best built show we've seen so far. Like as far as the build to the show, um, I don't I don't remember them using this much heat to build a show before. Like like I'm I wish Yoko had this kind of like food like this version of Fuji when he first won the title back from Hogan. Like, I right. wish he had you know like like. Cornette isn't as involved with this. Like, it's mostly Fuji, and he's doing a really good job of being, like, the the mastermind behind everything. And, like, maybe Yoko having a stable would have been better, like, like to fit, like, show him as, like, this kind of, like, master, like, king of this whole thing. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped from our four Survivor Series based on just this, like, build they're doing right now. So I think it's awesome. Good. Uh, and then we had, uh, after that, we have a face to face. Uh, my note just says they only let Billy talk. Pretty weird and a pretty good idea. No more bar talking. And they, right. I, I know that they, they, it's weird they're not on Survivor Series. I kind of have a note for next week's show about Survivor Series, but it's really weird the spider, smoking guns aren't being involved in anything in Survivor Series. Like, it'd been real easy to throw them in the Heavenly Bodies match, like just mm-hmm. to make that match more enticing. Because uh, that match just has no heat. Uh, and then Luna and Bam Bam are on there. And Luna gives one of the best promos. She, you know, I hope that she even mentions, she talks about Doink and Dink. And I think she says Dink. I thought I actually meant to read, double check that. But she definitely mentions Bozo the Clown. She's just losing her mind, screaming about her main squeeze about this stupid clown. I thought she was great in this. And, and Bam Bam was like holding her back from like, losing her mind. So I'm sure they just laughed after that because it was such an intense promo. But it was just so funny watching her scream about clowns. Uh, great stuff to kind of build her character as well. She's one that yeah. hasn't been on the she hasn't been on the mic as much as I maybe thought she would be. Like she's kind of usually been in the background. Like uh, she was mm-hmm. when she had to be with Sherry, right? She was like great, and then since Sherry's kind of left, she hasn't been around much. But this was I thought a great promo. Oh, I love Luna. Like she, those two are just such a perfect fit for each other. So I'm loving everything she's doing so far. Great. Uh, anything? I think that was it, right? That was the last, yeah. the last thing. Yeah. They, they might have said that Macho was out. I can't, or no, uh, that Tatanka was going to be. I can't remember. They definitely imagined that Tatanka was definitely very injured. I don't know if they gave a full update, but uh, right. that was ended it. So good stuff. Uh, really, really memorable superstars. At least the last half. The, the beginning was pretty pointless, like we kind of mentioned, but mm-hmm. really picked it up half. Oh yeah, it's just doing a great job building towards the pay per view, and we still have a couple weeks to go, so I, I you know, can only hope this build even more on top of that. All right, should we go to uh, awards? Just gonna yes, find sir. it. I lost it. Sorry. Uh, most Dune Gen outfits. So I'm kind of torn between two. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Diesel Zubaz kind of outfit he had right. on. times. Uh, there wasn't even too much. I mean, I, I think Crush's new look, I'll give it to him, getting away from the orange, but still kind of purpley, right. uh, neonish color, so I'll give it to him and his new look. Uh, who's your other choice? Your cho- choice uh, you're just uh, Lawler as Macho Man. Oh, that was a great costume. You're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, most yeah. new gen performer on, on today. 
Uh, I'm, I'm still going to go with the one, two, three kid. Just everything he does just stands out. I feel like, you know, he's, he's changing the, the environment. So nothing, no one else really like stood out as a single worker as far as in ring goes. So I'm, I'm going to go with kid. I'm going with Polo from that match. I thought he was entertaining in that match. They kind of, again, we both kind of said like, well, this is so random. But right. I think he was good. I think he was good in that. So I'll give it to him. He's been pretty good with him and the Quebec. We kind of talked. You also mentioned about the, earlier about the Quebecers interview. Like he was great at that. So I'll give it to Polo. Kind of a interesting guy. It's so weird that he becomes Raven. Like I just I never believed that when I like first found yeah. out. He was like stars. Like no way. So and um, and like the, and Polo is more true to his real personality too. It's just so weird. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, the worst uh, match or segments. Worst match. Um, I'm gonna go with any time the smoking guns were on the mic. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, any any time they were in a face to face or any, even their match, their their squash was really uninspiring. So I'm I'm gonna go with the smoking guns as a whole. Man, uh, I'm gonna go Diesel for his debut. Just getting de- Diesel's lack of heats because just the crowd does not care about him. Yeah, I, I can't even defend that. They're not into him at all. Yeah, uh, best match or segments. So well, there's we a couple we some here. Good stuff, yeah, yeah. There's a, this is one of the better blocks we've had, and um, just because I think it was so well delivered, like I mean, the other other things were too. But I'm gonna go with the the Crush Savage segment. I, I really think that hit home and built a new character for Crush and started off like really hot in that in that debut. So I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tatanka Borga, but. The Crush Savage was was great. There were a lot of great promos uh, th- sprinkled throughout these. Even Fuji had a, a hand in things. It was pretty well done right. for the stuff they brought out. The the end of that Razor match was awesome. Like it was a squash match, but the crowd was loving it. So a lot of fun there. Yeah. Uh, stock up. Uh, I'm gonna keep it with Crush. Like I, I think his you know him yeah. coming back and his character is like already in a kind of main event ish scene. He's got a few with Savage, one of the most beloved guys on the roster, so I'm, I'm going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to do the same. Uh, guy that we've really liked throughout this. Uh, then stock down. Oh, easily smoking guns. I, 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 I feel <laughs> like like the tag team scene being so hot also hurts them. Like I, I feel like you know having a like men on a mission are over as hell. They might not be the best in the ring, but they're kind of different. They're so um, over, yeah. right? And they're so over. And then you got like the the. Smoky Mountain tag teams kind of coming in and kind of doing their own thing amongst each other. Um, Smoky Guns are just kind of uh, playing right now, and like hopefully they, you know, get a little bit more inspired. But they're just not really um, clicking with me right now, so I'm gonna go with them. Yeah, I went with. Oops, I just lost it. Uh, I went with Rock and Roll Express. They really try to build up this throughout this time about how big of a match that was, and I just don't care. They've done me nothing either. to impress nothing to impress me. They would be like, "Yep, I like them." Compared to the health of the bodies, where I didn't really care, but the gigolos always stock up. Right. But uh, those two guys just don't do anything for me, so uh, I'll have to go with them. But, but kind of weird. Both we both want tag teams. Yeah, um, that is weird. But it's like it's like you mentioned, like there's so many good tag teams. The Steiner's been great. Head Shrinkers have been great. Head and Mission are so over. Right. Um, we haven't talked about your boy well done in a while either, so you know we got <laughs> a lot of great tag teams in this scene. So uh, exactly. great, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks for another couple of Raws and Superstars. Getting close to Survivor Series, like you you mentioned, this build has been awesome. So 
Can't wait for the uh, lead up even more to that. And we have a Survivor Series Spectacular, so we got a bunch going on still before the uh, big pay-per-view. So awesome stuff, and uh, see you in a few weeks. Thanks, everyone. Yes, sir.